Confidants, can you believe I am starting this episode giving an ad for my very own book? That's right. I'm here to tell you guys that you can pre-order my first book. Don't fucking panic the shit they don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorders, panic attacks, and depression right now. You guys can get it at shop.catalog. I'm going to put the link below. They have some other really gorgeous books. I mean, that's what made me want to stick with them as a publisher. Their content is just gorgeous. It's relevant. It speaks to the soul. It's written by real people your age. You should check out all of their stuff. And of course, my book, Don't Fucking Panic, is filled with tons of exercises, stories, anecdotes, journal entries, coloring pages. It's got it all. It is long. It is something you can bring in the car with you, in your bag, in the purse, on an airplane, on a boat. I don't know what you're doing in your spare time. Bring it anywhere you want because this book is meant to be written on, laughed in, cried upon, torn apart. It is a book that I truly made for you and your soul and your mental health. So get it now, pre-order it. The link is included below. Let's start the show. Confidants, welcome back to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. <laughs> we don't have a theme song. That's not it. I just felt like singing because it's Friday and I'm in a good mood. And speaking of Friday and September and the month that we are ending soon, <laughs> I had no idea that September was PCO. S awareness month. That is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Something that you guys have been asking all about to have a topic uh, and a episode covering PCOS. I am new to this whole conversation. And so we asked for only the very best to come on and talk about this. So today I'm so excited to introduce our guest for this week. She is a registered dietitian, but Oh, no, 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 not just any freaking dietitian. Don't turn off that podcast. This is, I know if you heard her in PCOS, you're going to go, what the fuck? But she is not just any regular dietitian. I am here to introduce Julie and her partner, Laura. Laura is the creator of the Radical Body Love Yoga. And together, you guys are the faces of the PCOS body liberation. Thank you so much for coming on Confidently Insecure. That is the best introduction ever. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you guys because I have had people on before, hormone specialists, you know, menstrual health professionals who have said things that I didn't know were not good advice mm. and especially about PCOS. And I don't have it that I'm aware of. And, um, I know a lot of people that do have it, but I never have the conversation about like the uh, the shit that is going on in the medical world with it. And so when we did a little research into the body liberation movement that you guys are doing, I was like, oh my God, we need to be talking about PCOS more and the stigmas around it. So maybe uh, let's start with Julie and also side note, your names, Julie and Laura, remind me of my best friend. Uh, our duo is Kelsey and Lacey, and people always like flip them where they'll say like uh, Casey and uh, Lauren or something. And like you guys, I, I accidentally might say like Julia and Lori, but I'm gonna try and keep my fucking head on straight. It's Friday, no promises. Julie and Laura, tell me about what you do a little bit more in depth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I am Julie and um, I'm a registered dietitian, like you said, and like, <laughs> I love how you said, like, don't turn off the podcast um, <laughs> because I always have been this like weird, I don't know, random dietitian that was against dieting mm. and um, felt like alone in that. But over mm. the last 20 years, thankfully for social media, I was able mm. to connect with some people who are able to also share that they're doing the same thing. But basically I am a dietitian that helps people with PCOS to reject diet culture, advocate Ooh. for more comprehensive yes. healthcare, huh. to treat, be treated like human beings. Yes, tell them. Uh, tell them. <laughs> yes. I know. Allow pleasure with ah. food and other things. Ah. In this and world? 
I know, I know, especially um, as, as for people I work with who identify as fat, you know, mm -hmm. having pleasure with food is just something that they're often told with PCOS they cannot have, they have to restrict. And it was such an honor when Laura reached out to me in the beginning of 2020, like the only good thing of 2020, honestly, oh, right? Say, right? is that Laura and I started working together and she reached out because, you know, we both have been really wanting to see more body positive communities or body liberating communities within PCOS. And they just, we tried hard enough to find them. And mm -hmm. so Laura asked me and I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that with you. So that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and how about you, Laura? Tell us more. How did you guys get linked up? What do you do? I just yeah. want to do. <laughs> so hi, I'm Laura and uh, I am a yoga teacher. Like that's the very short version. And the long <laughs> version is I am a fat person. I have PCOS mm -hmm. uh, and I found yoga as a tool of healing from a lifetime of body shame and oppression mm -hmm. and marginalization. Um, and when I finally got diagnosed with PCOS after years of being like, mm, I probably have this, but also medical fat phobia keeps me from seeking treatment. Ugh. I was really floundering and I found Julie's work because I was like, oh my God, I need help. Um, I need someone to tell me what is real and what is diet culture and what I need to do and how can I help myself? Right. And the resources out there were so gross. Mm. It was diets and weight loss surgery and oh. hate your body and um, shame about symptoms and just like negativity. And it sucked, it sucked so hard. And all mm. I wanted was a place where people would treat me like, a friend, like a human mm. being, and that we didn't have to start from a place of dieting. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it didn't exist. I couldn't right. find it. And right. so um, I had found Julie's course. Um, it's the PCOS and Food Peace course. And it really changed my life. Oh. I was um, like, oh my God, Julie Duffy Dillon fangirl now. You're amazing. <laughs> what a Thank great you name. So much. Julie Duffy Dillon. I know. I always, <laughs> I always call it the whole name. Yeah, you, you <laughs> have good. to with that. You have to. Yeah. Um, and so her course really changed my life and helped me to find um, some of that, uh, some of those resources that I needed. And, but then I needed more, right? And so mm. time went by and I was like, I really need some community that is not mm. based on diet culture because I just can't be around that. No. Like, it's just not good for me. It's really bad. Um, and so I approached Julie and I said, Hey, <laughs> Hey girl. Hey there. She totally did. Totally. That's amazing. Um, Going after what you motherfucking want. Yeah, yes. exactly. And so we worked on it uh, for months and months and finally got it going. And now the PCOS body liberation community exists. Oh my God, I'm doing ah! jazz hands. Well, we <laughs> support them. the jazz hands on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pro jazz hands yeah. uh, space. Yeah. <laughs> no dieting, but a lot yes, of Yes, anti-diet pro jazz hands is like going to be a sticker. <laughs> that's, <now. what> <laughs> my, that's my platform. Yeah. Hey, motherfucking men. Um, that's amazing. I'm so glad. I had no idea that it was such a new movement. Like it, it seems like something like this should exist so obviously, but the fact that it so hard to find mm -hmm. and, and Laura I love that you bring up community as a resource because it is a very isolating thing to be going through I guess do you consider PCOS a chronic illness or chronic pain yeah it's it's definitely a chronic illness and actually uh, some people don't feel comfortable saying that and I do and I think that conversation is also changing mm. because of the shame and stigma of having PCOS especially if you're in a fat body uh, people don't talk about it Mm -hmm. They don't really talk about having PCOS and all the ways that it can affect your life mm -hmm. and your relationships. And so right. um, it doesn't kind of get the signal boosting or the airtime. Mm -hmm. um, it's about ovaries. It's ovaries and, and it affects mood and, you know, these invisible things that yeah. are all just all in someone's head. Really, Another you know? like thing yeah. to add to the list of women yeah. not being listened to in the medical healthcare system. Well, the misogyny in PCOS world is disgusting. Well, let's fucking talk about it. So I want to back up just a little bit for any listeners who don't know what PCOS is or exactly how one gets diagnosed or why uh, fat phobia is so associated with PCOS. Like we definitely did a bit of digging, trying to find experts on PCOS. And we could not find one that wasn't diet forward. And we were like, why is it this way? Uh, and again, maybe I know I asked a lot of questions there, but like, <laughs> could we just briefly, briefly go through what is PCOS? What is the diagnosis process? Why is it so fat phobic? 
Okay. Do you want me to do this, Laura? Let me go oh, through this. This part. is a this is a Julie question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So PCOS is a um, inherited chronic <laughs> condition. Um, it's a syndrome, and it is something that is from uh, it's an endocrine disorder. So it's something that. Um, a lot of people will think it has to do with ovaries, but it really is something that starts in the brain mm. and affects the reproductive system, metabolic system, and also has psychological consequences to it. Wow. How people currently get diagnosed with it, um, people need to meet these criteria. And honestly, it's this diagnosis of exclusion. So it, there's a lot of like ambiguity and like, yeah. do I have it? Do I not? But the criteria is um, people need to have some kind of missed or regular ovulation, then signs of high testosterone or other androgens. And then the third one is cysts, kind of quote unquote cysts, because they're really follicles, um, on the ovaries. And so mm. you need to get two out of three of those in order to win the prize of- Correct. <laughs> I the worst game of bingo ever. Uh, and like right. those things you listed don't sound uncommon to the regular vagina owner. Mm -hmm. So when does it become something chronic that someone's like, maybe you should go get checked because I miss periods all the time because of like stress or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what makes someone like, a, I hate to say like candidate, but mm -hmm. when does like, it become why would you suspicious? Yeah. Why would you yeah. be suspicious? Well, for many people, they don't, they're missing periods um, all the time or they have really, really heavy periods, mm -hmm. um, something really uncomfortable in the vagina department. And then also people will find that they'll have lots of facial hair or be mm -hmm. losing hair on their head and sometimes both of those together. Mm -hmm. And another one that is really common is um, lots of fatigue or carb cravings or mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. And that's because uh, part of the PCOS experience for many people is this um, high circulating insulin levels that leads to people feeling like shit, basically feeling wow. really tired and craving carbohydrates. Wow. And, you know, you asked about the fat phobia part and the, the high insulin levels, it's one of the many reasons why I think it is so fat phobic because people think, you know, of humans as robots or like a Petri dish or something like that. And if we just eliminate carbohydrates or sugar, then insulin comes down. But, you know, as humans, long-term, that actually has been found to be the opposite. Mm. Long-term, mm. doing that makes things worse, not better. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway. It's a bit about finding like the management, I guess. Yeah. And, 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 long-term sustainable solutions that are also right. like don't hurt right <laughs> yeah that's what I mean about don't cause harm you know right yeah it's like don't get caught into the uh I mean like maybe maybe Laura you can speak a little bit about your personal experience with it of to me when you were describing that it also sounded like someone who has it could assume that it's something they are doing like, oh, I'm not doing enough of this or this. And if I just did this, which is like pretty common with any chronic illness or pain that um, it can feel a little self-shamey. Um, I don't know, Laura, if you want to speak a little bit to your experience. Oh, I have so many things to say about <laughs> This is your podcast, honey, go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for sure there's, um, it's, not, it's not subtle. There is definitely a line of, um, I don't know, a, a, a specific way of talking to and about people with PCOS that specifically says that you did this to yourself, mm. you were fat, and so you made this happen to your body, which is similar to like what you hear around like diabetes, like you ate right. yourself into this, you ate yourself into PCOS, like you caused this, when actually, uh, when you actually learn from people who know things about it, you find that, oh, this is genetic, and it starts in the brain, and the weight gain that I have, and the inability to lose weight actually comes from the PCOS, mm. is not... The reason that I have that PCOS. was a big question I had is like, can you be in any body and have oh, yeah. PCOS? And is it mm -hmm. one is the cause and one is the uh, symptom or like the reverse of that? Yeah. So what we know about PCOS is the body size is the same, like as you see in the population. So um, it's not like people with PCOS are all going to be in larger bodies. It's really a person can be any size mm -hmm. and have PCOS. And for some people, weight change is a part of it. And for some people, it's not. Interesting. Yeah. And what's that, gross yeah. is the way that we're treated 
because I I didn't know this. I learned this recently that if you're in a straight size body and you have PCOS, they're calling it lean PCOS. What? Like a steak? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Who the fuck? You know a man oh came up God. with that shit. Oh, you yeah, know a man. Yeah. And so the way that um, people with PCOS are treated is really uh, divisive, even within, you know, the community that we're all in. Mm. Because of that, like from every, you know, from the top down and then from the sides, from the bottom, everywhere we're getting, it's just diet culture. It's gross. Um, And it feels so bad. And it really contributes to the shame and the stigma and the not talking about it. And so then, you know, I talked about community. Um, you don't tend to try to find that community, mm. just settle for the weight loss communities and the, you know, I hate this symptom and I hate this and it's super negative and it's yeah. not about, um, finding ways to live because there's no cure for PCOS. The people who uh, say cure it, yeah, no cure. weight loss are lying. You mm-hmm. can't cure it. And so I don't wow. want to live my life on a diet and hating myself. So like I choose to find community that is supportive and that is looking at creating change in the PCOS world, right? We don't, want, we don't want the same old, same old to continue on. I want yeah. people to feel empowered and confident and respected and loved and worthy right. and all of those things. Like basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm curious why PCOS, because uh, uh, Julie, you mentioned that since it's insulin driven, an insulin driven issue is that correct or like a brain driven insulin it's 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 (laughs) yes all those it's an endocrine disorder that starts in the brain and most people with pcos have high circulating insulin don't know what that means is that a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) is that good bad It it depends how you look at it. I mean, some people are like, it probably was passed down um, as a protection to to survive famine. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was something that probably generations ago helped people stay alive and then they passed Mm. it down. But um, yeah, high circulating insulin is something that can predispose people to disease. Got it. Okay. So I guess back to my question of like, how did PCOS get so attached to food in, you know, we can say, well, if it's an endocrine insulin, the obvious thing to do is less carbs, less sugar, but it's not that is what we're talking about here. It's not just that. So I guess my question is like, how do we break out of that diet culture of PCOS if so many people believe it is a diet-based thing Mm -hmm. to be cured? I'm making air quotes on cured. Right. Yeah. So how to do that is a number of things. One (laughs) is we need to no longer associate weight and health. Um, We cannot talk. Say it again slowly (laughs) for the promo. (laughs) I can't do it on cue now. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) We need to stop associating. (laughs) We need to stop associating weight and health. Yeah. Weight loss is not a behavior and people with PCOS are forced to cut out foods in the hopes that to be smaller, but there's absolutely no research that we can do those things sustainably Mm -hmm. and promote health and not be harmful. Mm -hmm. So what we know with PCOS is that people who wait cycle, so people going on and off diets, which is what you do if you're going to go on a diet because they don't work long-term for most Mm -hmm. people, that weight cycling predicts binge eating. So the more someone is, is yo-yo dieting, the more likely they're going to binge eat. And, you know, I really firmly believe in body autonomy. People get to do what they want with their body. And if you are feeling shame because of binge eating, well, mm. there's a way to move away from that, but that's taking away the association of weight and health. And that's right. what doctors need to do if people want to feel safer to go to them and mm-hmm. get access to healthcare is maybe not center that as much. And yeah. I encourage people to like do some of the things that Laura does with helping people to like feel more at home in their body, mm-hmm. to like be in their body. Cause what people with PCOS are having to do right now is like cut themselves off, push forward. And y'all with PCOS, I mean, cause I don't have it. Yeah. I'm like, y'all can push and right. push and push and push and like torture yourselves in order to comply with all these orders. But it's, it just hurts. It doesn't help in the end. So um, allowing that kind of embodiment, I think also Mm. the way to make it better. Well, and and it feels like a, like a, um, a partnership between the person experiencing the PCOS and the fucking doctors 
treating and researching it. And maybe Laura, you can tell us a little bit about what you've experienced to be so, I don't want to say you're anti-doctor, but like to be so like PCOS plus doctor does not equal two thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm not anti-doctor. I'm anti the status quo of how medical Mm. professionals treat fat people, treat people Mm. with PCOS. Um, There's so, there, oh my God, there's so much to unpack. We could have a whole episode just Ah. that. But, um, you know, the medical industrial complex treats people so poorly and it all comes from a place of white supremacy. It comes from a place of diet culture. It comes from body shaming and oppression and marginalizing people. Um, and it sucks. It makes it to where people don't even try or feel like they can access quality medical care. So my personal experience getting diagnosed was like, I went to the gynecologist after not going for like 20 years. And it's like shameful to even say that out loud. It's so hard for me to admit that. Cause like, dude, I know, I know that I'm supposed (laughs) to go. I'm not an idiot, you know? Um, but I have been treated so poorly in my life by medical professionals that it was easier for me to suffer through things and not access care Mm. than to just go to the doctor. Uh, I fucking feel that hard. And it's like, Oh my God. So I finally went and I said, Hey, I think I have PCOS. And so she did my exam. We did a blood panel. She's like, yeah, I think you have PCOS. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and she <laughs> wow. said, she tried to hand me, uh, she like literally tried to hand me a business card. And she was like, a lot of people want this. And I looked at it and it was a weight loss surgeon. And I said, no, and I handed it back to her and she said, Oh, and I said, I'm not interested in dieting or weight loss surgery. And she goes, okay. So she put the card back in her pocket and said, well, I'm going to put you on birth control and metformin and uh, talk to me when you want to get pregnant. Ah. Bye. And I was like, oh, and I was in shock. You know, so I just left and I'm not like great in the moment anyway. I'm kind of a freezer. Like a no, in that like position where there's authority or supposed yeah. authority of, of a medical professional. Control. Mm-hmm. I Lots feel the control. same fucking way. Like when I go, I'm like, okay, this is what we do. I'm going to stand up to him. Oh I'm going to say, <laughs> this is what it is because I know my body. And then I get there and I'm like, hi, if you could just please. <laughs> see me as a human and then I leave and I'm like I should have said this I should have said that I'm gonna call it and like I I exactly (laughs) understand that feeling and it's so frustrating like when you said it was easier to sit home and suffer like that almost brings tears to my eyes because I fucking get it when you have gone through the system so many times and you're going to the people who are supposed to help you I mean, it's like, thank God people like Julie exist who have taken it out of the status quo, like you said, and into mainstream. And I I think you're right. Social media probably does have a lot to do with the way we've been able to just shift our vision into a new kind of conversation about that. I don't think we're like nearly any fucking where near (laughs) treating women better in the system or, you know, fat bodies in the system. But I did want to read off like your websites, the PCOS body liberation, uh, they're like your affirmations, which I just thought were so amazing. So it says, uh, PCOS body liberation affirmations is every person's right to bodily autonomy and access to quality, compassionate healthcare, the dignity and value of bodies, all, all bodies with PCOS, regardless of their gender identity, race, sexuality, class, ability, body size, and other marginalizing characteristics the importance of body diversity and rejects diet culture and its roots in white supremacy, patriarchy, and classism. Mm. The rights of people with PCOS to access joyful celebration, pleasure, and liberation in their bodies exactly as they are. Like, holy shit that this community exists. Because I think even like two or three years ago, this would not be uh, celebrated or taken seriously by people. And I think now we're fed the fuck up. And, you know, luckily this COVID situation has brought people to look at their wellness a little deeper, whether it be mental health or body or chronic pain and illness. And I just can't believe like all those sentences exist in one place and are truly here to like help people. So I guess my, my 
question can go to Julie about food pleasure because are we fully taking out the food component of PCOS? Like, are we like, no, it has nothing to fucking do with it? Or are we like, here's how to do it without it being diet culture-y? And I've heard like the word diet when it comes to chronic illness or pain is being replaced by, um, oh fuck, do you guys know the word I'm talking about? It's like lifestyle meal. A lifestyle change or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. It's something <laughs> stupid, but I'm like, it is better than saying I'm going on a diet for health reasons, essentially, mm-hmm. not for mm-hmm. aesthetic reasons. Okay, it's still whatever. diet. It's just all yeah. still diet. Exactly. Yeah. So There's maybe a many different down. names for it. I'm jaded by it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Cause I don't want to say that word on my platform. Like when mm-hmm. I started having chronic yeast infections, which my confidants know all about, I tried fucking everything. And yeah. finally I got to a place where I was like, oh, fine. I will cut down on sugar and carbs. And I'm two months in and I have not had a yeast infection yet, but I've also changed so many other aspects of my Mm -hmm. life. And I, when I go online to talk about that, because people are asking like, Hey, can you show us your like meal plan, (laughs) like day in a life of your meal plan? And I'm like, no, I don't want to promote this mm-hmm. shit. like so it's a balance i'm just ranting now go on go on about so, culture. <laughs> so what i heard you ask though is like if by not dieting does that mean like food has nothing to do with it right that and i think it's really important to not get sucked into almost like a binary about it mm. what it comes down to is it needs to be an individual's decision they need to be given options and experiment because here's the thing with PCOS, we know so little about this condition that affects way too many people. Um, it's really pathetic how little we know about it. Yes. And so all I have are some tools. And honestly, in my training in, in PCOS and my undergrad, there was a this huge book we have to use um, for two years as a, when you're learning to be a dietitian. Right. There's one tiny little paragraph about PCOS, and it's it's total bullshit what's even in there. <laughs> and so anyway, what I say about that is. Um, try to avoid the binary and you know by by rejecting diets doesn't mean you don't it doesn't mean you don't care about food or right. you don't care about your health or you don't care about movement what it means is that you are going to figure out for you what you value what you want to do what you can do what's sustainable and what is healthful quick for you mm-hmm. and for the food part yeah there's things that people experiment with like i think um, most people i've worked in, individually with they probably in the end just needed more protein we didn't mm. talk about cutting out carbs or sugar mm. but they found that having more protein did something. Mm. How did that look? That was very individual. You know, people had different ways that that ended up looking, but that seems to be common for many people that I work with. There's many other types of nutrition interventions like that. But when we frame it as like removing this is Mm. going to be no matter how it feels. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing too, because you you mentioned cutting out um, a food group to help with um, yeast infections, you know, there's a lot of things that people find with PCOS that's similar mm. that for about two to three months, they feel better. Oh, and no. then after that, it no. doesn't work anymore. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. You know what? I, I did feel a little like everyone who's had a yeast infection knows like that. Yes, and we're yes. like, eh? and then it, I shoved a boric acid pill up there and I was okay. So we're like, <laughs> still cruising. But again, thank God why, for boric acid pills. Yeah. And um, that's why I don't want to talk about it. Cause I'm like, I don't know. People with PCOS often get yeast infections too. So it's like a one of the million things. I didn't but. know that. Look, I'm always learning <laughs> shit from Julie. This feels like a good spot for a break. Now, confidants, taking care of yourself should not be hard right now. Let's not make it extra hard than it already is. Y'all know I've been working on the RV. I have been sore, sunburnt, beat up. But guess what has been helping me? That's right. Caliper CB. When I'm talking about CBD, I am only talking about Caliper. It helps me with pain and soreness. I have noticed when I've been working out on Jammy, I keep some in Jammy now in my little cabinet. I just rip open the little CBD powder packet that is completely tasteless and mixes easily in with any food or drink. No weird taste, no oily residue that you'll get with those other dropper tinctures. And I know that there's precisely 20 milligrams in each packet of Caliper CBD, so I don't ever wonder like how much I am taking. Uh, like I said, I keep my packets inside jammy and I just whoop, pop one open in the morning and I put it in my smoothie. And here's the best part. Honestly, let's talk real talk. 
it's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powder compared to tinctures. That is insane. Why are we spending any money on tinctures? And the best part is Caliper CBD comes in affordable 10 and 30 count packs and you can get started for under $20. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code confidently insecure at trycaliper.com slash confidently insecure. You can try Caliper CBD risk free for 30 days. And if you don't love it, they're going to give you a full refund, honey. That's trycaliper.com slash confidently insecure. And don't forget your promo code confidently insecure for 20% off your first order. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my god. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober Sally's. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. have to take the microphone rip it away from me before I ever stop talking about better help you guys this is a service that I use every week not only individually but for couples therapy too BetterHelp is a app that is a professional licensed therapy application for you. I don't want anything interfering with your happiness. Okay, and BetterHelp is going to access your medical needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 24 hours. Okay, they are always there for me. I have no problem messaging my therapist at all hours. She's constantly checking in with me if I don't, you know, poke her from time to time. She'll poke me and be like, hey girl, we should have a session. That's why I love her because she actually cares about me and that's what BetterHelp is all about. She is there to facilitate a therapeutic match. And guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can change them at any time. No risk, no charge. It's just like Tinder. You just swipe. You're like, oh, never mind. I don't like you anymore. I just, I'm going to get someone new. They are licensed professional counselors who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, all things I write about in my book. It's convenient, professional, affordable, and don't forget that they have all sorts of financial planning help that you know, everyone should be able to access therapy, especially right now. And I want you guys to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month. Okay, 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com. 
betterhelp.com slash CI. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CI. Maybe can you talk about like how your PCOS has or hasn't changed or your emotional connection to it or, or whatever has changed since saying, you know what, fuck Western doctors way of doing things. Like I'm going to goddamn do my own thing. Like advocate for my own self. Like how has thing, how have things gotten better or worse or stayed the same? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and actually I will answer that. Um, but I would like to speak about the food piece Yeah, because, um, a lot of us who have PCOS are in fat bodies and have had fat bodies for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. So we grew up like this. And, and a lot of us, you know, we all, we, uh, we often like post on our social media about like, how old were you when you were put on your first diet? And it's like mm-hmm. six years old, seven years oh, old, eight Jesus. years old. I went, I was taken to Weight Watchers as like a seven year old, like in the meeting, in the circle with like adult grown ass women. Oh, and I'm like this child. And like, like, finally getting that positive feedback for like losing my first 10 pounds and like getting the like button that you were supposed to wear and like putting the stamp in your book and it's like this lifetime and so um something that people don't think about when they talk about like well you should just control your PCOS by cutting out carbs I've had a lifetime of the cabbage soup diet and the you know the paleo and the keto like all these things right Weight Watchers points and Jenny Craig and all this stuff and it's fucking traumatic and so even if cutting out a food group would be something that could like really help me it's going to do more harm than good yeah and in the long term I don't believe that it would actually help me but in mm. the short term it might relieve some symptoms a little bit but no matter what it's going to do more harm for me and for many people mm. than the good mm. that it could cause um, a lot of us come from fat bodies that also have an eating disorder right right and we have trauma around food mm. um, around um, family and food and just all kinds of things yeah. in general. And so to me, the idea of, and this is what I thought I was going to have to do when I got diagnosed. And so this is like, maybe to speak uh, to your actual yeah. question that I'm supposed no, to you, this is brilliant. Please keep going. <laughs> is that, um, I really thought that I was going to have to drastically change the way that I eat, right. The food mm-hmm. that I eat because, and let me like, I came to this as a vegan who oh. had, limited amounts of gluten that I could have. I have IBS also. And mm. so like mm. raw vegetables and stuff can be very, very problematic for me. <laughs> Just a little um, bit, I and, bet. <laughs> and then all of a sudden um, throw in PCOS and everyone's saying you have to go low or no carb. And you have to just, it's like protein, protein, protein. I'm like, I'm a fucking vegan. Like, what do you want me to eat? What the fuck are you supposed to eat? Exactly. So in the beginning, <laughs> after I was first diagnosed, I literally wasn't eating. Mm. I, I missed... Um, over a week, like, I don't know, I missed probably 80% of the meals that I was supposed to be eating because I didn't know what to eat. And it was such like a turmoil inside of me. It was like a hurricane. And there was also a literal hurricane happening out in the world. (laughs) All right. You're in Texas. That's just been feisty. So um, it was just like this really tumultuous moment for me. And I had to decide that being vegan was the thing that I could change. Oh, right. wow. I couldn't, I couldn't change my IBS and I couldn't change mm-hmm. the PCOS. Um, I can't really change my gluten situation. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I had to make some changes. And once I realized that, like, that was necessary for mm-hmm. me um, and could change that one piece, it really opened up the foods that I could eat. And mm. so in the beginning, it was really challenging for me to like deal with food because I am a person who has an eating disorder. Mm. And um, so just like, it's a lot. Mm, it was like yeah. a lot of I, weight on me. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and now like, you know, a few years in and I have a much more stable uh, relationship with food. The eating disorder part is not kicking because I have learned that I can mm. allow myself to eat the foods that I want to eat. I don't mm-hmm. have to punish myself by mm-hmm. not eating later. I don't have to do, mm-hmm. you know, any of those things that I used to rely on. Right. Um, I take some supplements that are I love supplements here. Yeah. <laughs> I am I a supplement. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And like Julie talked about protein for me, that's been really key is the, what yeah. she calls strategic protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been so helpful for me in keeping my blood sugar more even Mm. um and uh, you know who knows what the future will hold what is going to change in my body and this is not going to go away and so all I can do is just kind of like roll with it and 
you know, do the best I can to balance at any given time and right. know that the only constant is change, right? Amen. And so I just have to be like, you know what? Okay, now I need to do yeah. more of this or now I need to do more yeah. of this and just continue using the tools and resources that I have like yoga and meditation, mm. food balancing mm. a la mm -hmm. Julie. <laughs> um, and then the support from other people with PCOS in the community. It's been right. so helpful. I'm so glad you brought up the meditation and the yoga aspect of this because Julie did mention in the beginning, uh, I loved the word phrasing you used was like the, there are like psychological consequences because, you know, I used to run a women's chronic pain group at my house every like two weeks and we were never talking about physical symptoms. It would be like, oh yeah, like I had a flare, da, da, da. it was never that. It was always like, my emotions and my mood and I am not okay. And I am fucking depressed and anxious. And like, I think like when, when we just mentioned meditation, it, it made me think that like the type of person who has gone through the trauma of like diet culture or a chronic pain or illness, like just something that has been sort of put on you by the outside world that makes it feel like it's still your fault forces your brain to go into that like very harsh place of self blame and rumination and anxiety and like you have to eat to live so it's something that you are are experiencing now every single day and with all that anxiety and self-blame must fucking build up and I imagine and you know maybe Laura you could talk a little bit about this aspect of the the program is like half of it is physical but I almost feel like the bigger half is the psychological aspect of it yeah. And yes, first, yes, period. And, period. <laughs> um, and there's so much more than just all those things, because um, as I learned, once I got some good information, <laughs> um, that in my history of anxiety and depression is actually linked to PCOS. Who knew? My doctor certainly didn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. So learning that um, really opened things up for me and, and kind of, it's that same thing of like, oh, I did this to myself or, you know, oh, I can control it. I can't control that. Mm. But what I can control is my reaction to those mm. things. And so that's where the meditation, the breath work and the yoga comes in. Ah. Um, and so I always talk about, and I'm Julie, like how many times have you heard me like talk about this? It's so ridiculous. I always talk about <laughs> I what, Keep what I call the floating, <laughs> the floating head syndrome. And so, and that is many people, myself included, spend a large portion of their lives really disconnected from your body. When you hate Ugh. your body, when you're taught to hate your body, when you're taught not to value your body, you are not connected. You're not embodied. You're not present. Mm. And so I and many other people spend a lot of time or have spent, I don't anymore, um, a lot of time just like ahead walking around. And like, mm. technically I'm connected, but I am not in there mm. at all. It is too scary. Don't trust it. Don't like it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so for me, making this, the decision to like stay in this world and try to heal myself mm. from body shame and oppression mm. meant doing the hard work, which is being embodied and being uh, present and noticing. And so that's where yoga combined with body liberation and fat positivity came together to save my life. Uh, and um, so now that's like my big thing. That's like my whole job. That's what, I, that's the side that's that I bring. That's your fucking to the life's mission it is my driving. fucking life's and mission it, like, <laughs> I, I feel the same way that like in a way if someone would have told me 10 years ago that one day I would be grateful for my chronic pain and anxiety and depression and panic attacks I would tell them to fuck off I'd be like you're <laughs> crazy and now I look back at it and I'm like all of this gave me the materials to now be able to help other people like I really had to suffer and go through the western medical shit to learn about yoga and ayurvedic supplements and all that stuff to get to this place and like maybe i know we're winding down on time but julie can you quickly speak to maybe if how we can respond to people or friends that think or give it unsolicited advices or uh science that's not really actually science like how do you think confidants could carry a conversation about the stigmas of pcos i know that's like a very loaded question i'm like doing two minutes <laughs> yeah and 
Um, it's one thing to do that in a place where you can lay a boundary and walk away and it's done. But we live in a world where diet culture and white supremacy is mm. running the show unchecked. And many people, maybe even most people, aren't even aware that they're swimming in a sea of it. Yeah. So it takes many boundary lines to be drawn over and over again. And so for some people listening, they may have the energy for that and some people won't. No, and, um, I do so not. You, <laughs> yeah. And you get to decide what you want to do. Do you want to just mm. like smile and nod just because you just don't have the energy today? Or are you going to say a snarky comment? If that, you know, or are you going to be like, oh, that's what I do a lot. Or yeah. a diet culture kind of comment or something. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way. I always say like, <laughs> I always make it a statement. I always say, um, you've stated your opinion. And then I move <laughs> on. Like I comment back, like now I'm acknowledging that, but I'm not giving it an emotion or any validation. I'm moving yeah. on with my life. Right. And you know, I think, uh, you, everybody gets permission. And as for me, as a white thin woman to say that it's going to be so easy for me just to like look the other way, find safety. And many people just, especially people rejecting diets, walking this earth and the fat body, Mm. that's a radical thing, you know? And, and so, um, that's why for Laura and I, like this community is so important right. um, to us and the people in it because we want it to be a, the one space that you can go to mm-hmm. when you need support and not have to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. And we also know mm-hmm. that this change in the world can happen when people come together. Like we need yeah. to rally together in mm-hmm. order to make the PCOS world less fat phobic, mm-hmm. to make it not okay to keep offering advice that is harmful after you tell your doctor over and over and over again, you don't want to talk about weight loss. You don't want to think about or consider weight loss surgery. It's not an option. And if they um, don't have other options. It's like, you should leave. Right. Yes. And of course, like that would be the ideal. And of course, many people don't have access to other options. Right. That's the right. only option they have. Mm-hmm. And so we, yeah, we know that this community coming together and growing is going to get shit taken care of. Right. And it's like I mentioned, kind of like what Laura had to do was turn her life into self-advocacy. And then, you know, coming to that stage of your life must have been so cool to find that helping other people, you know, at at the end of the day, it's like you're trying to help yourself and then you get this added bonus of like community. And and I guess, you know, wrapping up, we can we can talk a little bit about the PCOS Body Liberation. Um, Is it like the membership of the club? Like, what do we call this? The club, exclusive, <laughs> and I will say the the stuff you guys are offering is crucial to healing because my Facebook groups of chronic pain have helped me answer questions and find treatment more than mm-hmm. any fucking doctor has ever done. So I'm just That's gonna say exactly that it. I'm not yeah. like pushing people to buy anything. I'm just saying like what you guys are offering sounds amazing. So. Go ahead. Go Thank on. you. Well, yeah, and it, I, you know, membership community. What I, I don't know. I don't know if we have that term defined, but mm-hmm. it's a way for people to come together in a group setting and have a larger community. But then we also have these smaller, intimate communities that we call pods within them, where people can uh, form closer friendships with people with PCOS. That is also just like a part of it is a non-diet way of living. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what else do you want to add to that, Laura? I'm like. There's so much. It's so hard to like name all of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, um, some of the most crucial parts are just like the validation that you get from people with PCOS who are like, yeah, I see you. I've also experienced that. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And here's like, you know, maybe you're in a place and you're like, Hey, I want to change it. And like, I want to be having these conversations and maybe you're just in a place where you just need people to like validate that your experience is normal and that it's not your fault. And that, you're being gaslit by your doctor. Um, I like as a person with PCOS find so much value in being in there and connecting with other people in learning from them. I learn stuff all the time about like symptoms and management Mm -hmm. and ways to deal with relationships. Um, Mm. I'm so inspired touch on that god damn it <laughs> i'm you so guys inspired are just so by, fun to talk to <laughs> by everybody in the community and how they are all living their lives right, right. in spite of mm-hmm. phobia and shame and mm. white supremacy and all of mm. these things like they're out there like 
doing the best that they can for themselves. Um, the and man. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, you're amazing. I love you so much. And also like, it makes me want to keep going. It makes me want to keep yeah. pushing for change in the PCOS yeah. world because it sucks. What is happening now to people is not okay. The the inaccessible healthcare is not okay. It like, yeah. it's ridiculous to me that we live like this. And so mm-hmm. I feel so privileged to, mm. um, to work on this and to try That's to amazing. make it better. The, the fact that you feel privileged to be like working in this and I'm like, no girl, you deserve, like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are doing it. That's amazing. Um, I, you know, I didn't ask Julie how you got into PCOS work, not having PCOS. I know it just kept following me. I, cause I was specializing. I'm also trained as a therapist besides being a dietitian. And so I really was into food behavior and mm. I didn't want to do anything with like medical conditions anymore, but people kept showing up with this PCOS thing. And I'm like, huh, what do I do with this? Oh, my training tells me just to put people on diets. Well, I don't do that. What do I do? So I had to just like find other options. Gross. Hashtag gross. (laughs) Hashtag gross. Yes. (laughs) Final question. Like where is the world of PCOS going and um, how can confidants find you guys and the community that you've started with the body liberation? Hmm. Without, well, I, I know, I'm like, how? Where's the world of PCOS going? And it's like, oh wait, we're ending on such a dreary. You know, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make note. No, <laughs> no, it's an up note. I'll make you. it an up note because yes. I'm like, we want PCOS body liberation for everyone. So we want everyone to reclaim the expert role of their body mm. and demand dignified, like access and healthcare relationships and all mm. that. Mm. Yeah. Hey, good. The fact that this is even like the conversations happening is like exactly, exactly what just like sparks the start. And who knows, like maybe someone listening to this, like their entire life will change now. Like that's, that's the goal anyway. So, uh, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But <laughs> you guys have been so amazing. Like I did not even get to get to like, I didn't even look at most of my interview questions because we just were talking so much, but I, maybe that's like, what's next is now you go to the body liberation movement. I'm sure you guys can plug all the socials and you, you find what's next. Like if you have questions about relationships or intimacy or like mm-hmm. conversations with doctors, like all of that, your resource page. Oh, I was in love with it. I started following everyone on your resource page. Yeah, yes. They're, they're crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, um, the one you had about fat friendly doctors, I was like, where are these lists? Like, why is that not on the front page of fucking PCOS.com? Yeah, well, that would be complicated, I bet. But exactly. <laughs> you can find that resource list at PCOSBodyLiberation.com. And we have the same handle on Instagram, just PCOSBodyLiberation. Perfect. Seriously, you guys, thank you so much for making this happen last minute with PCOS Awareness Month. Yeah, I'm you. so grateful and so happy to meet you. And I encourage all the confidants to go check their stuff out and start following like accounts that de- talk about this stuff. Because I think just getting it in front of your eyeballs, even if you don't deal with PCOS personally, I 100% guarantee someone in your life does. Oh, and sure. the more knowledge, yes. the more power. So Laura and Julie, thank you guys so much. Uh, I hope you guys will come back and uh, we'll see you next week. Confidence. Bye-bye. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you.